You're listening to Sibling Talk with Mary Jo Tumare and John Paulette. Commentary from a progressive point of view. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, we're at the end of another difficult, convulsive week, but today... The president has his press show earlier, and I thought the theme of this show was, it's coming, folks, we're going to open up the country again. And I guess my question to you is, can he even do that? Can he open the company, country? Well, I, I know we've kind of skirted around this before, and I, mean, I guess the answer to that is he could declare martial law or that's like the opposite of martial law maybe or he could declare some kind of emergency whether it would be legal or not never seems to bother him that much but the for me the issue is who's going to listen to him one are the governors going to listen to him ohio for example your pritzker in illinois gavin newsom and the other thing is, even if he made the argument that he preempts the governors and overrides them, are people going to listen to him? I'm not sure I'd be going out to a restaurant just what? yet or going to a sporting event. You know, is the, is the NBA going to resume its season? Is no, I, I think you're exactly right. And I mean, this is anecdotal, uh, but it's one I know well. I teach high school. And I've talked to a number of my colleagues about this. Let's just assume that the school says we're going to reopen on May 1st. Unlikely. We're in Illinois. I don't think Pritzker allows that. But let's just assume for the sake of argument. I can tell you as a man in his 60s with a medical, underlying medical condition, I would not go back to teach. I'd take sick days. I'd do whatever they want me to do. Uh, They can dock me, frankly, if they want to. But I would not feel safe. And I'm not alone, nor is it just a factor of age. I can think of very quickly six, seven colleagues that I've talked to. And there's a lot I haven't talked to who say we would not go in either. Now, that's us as teachers. Now I also have to question, if you're a parent, how good do you feel? Should you send your kid in to that? And I I think that's similar to what you're talking about with restaurants or sporting events, isn't it? Sure. I mean, I think people, myself included, are still a little freaked out about going to the grocery store, which, you know, truth be told, I don't do. I send my husband. Um, And I I just don't think we're ready. I don't think people feel comfortable or not enough. Part of it is the testing issue. And Trump and, you know, his folks, they're so cavalier about the testing, the antibody testing, in particular, that it makes people nervous. Like, I don't know. You don't want to go out and be looking at everybody. You don't want to say, show me your papers. And you have to have a paper that says, I've already had it. Just don't think we're ready to do that. Everybody wants to get back to work. I mean, right. who, who are they kidding? And actually, you know, um, What's his name? Larry Kudlow. What a goofball. It's like, you know, work is cool now. So yeah. want to get back to work. First of all, I kind of didn't understand what he was talking about. I know. It was just stupid. 
Yeah. Just uh, incredible. Well, now, this following up on your line, if you imagine as a teacher, teacher looking at a group of 25 young people and wondering, do any of you carry it? And I, I have to tell a, uh, a quick anecdote about myself, and this is maybe not that flattering. This was in the weeks running up to when we ended in-person school, went to e-learning. And I really believed in the importance of kids washing their hands every time they walk into a room. And so I was kind of maybe kidding, not kidding, but silly about it to keep them motivated. I would stand at the door and say, washy, washy, we have a sanitizer there. But I checked, everybody washed their hands coming in. And I had a young man refuse to, kind of hard to believe, right, ninth grader. He said, I don't like the smell of it. I said, well, I don't care. You don't like the smell of it. I sent him to the nurse. They went through all of that. A couple of days later, I see the guy walk in and he like waves his hand at the sanitizer, faking that he had taken some. So I won't belabor all those events much more, but I called his parents and I said, I've got to be direct with you. I'm going to ask that your son be moved out of my class into another classroom. And I took a fair amount of criticism for this, but I don't think I was wrong. That kid potentially was a health danger to me. And if we amplify that and understand the kids may be sitting there with a coronavirus agent, how does the teacher conduct their class? You know, you would be Tony Fauci's hero because <laughs> yesterday that guy was like, what, we, what we've changed, which we should keep, is washing hands all the time and you never shake hands again. And for some reason, that last thing has stuck with me. Shaking hands is such a big part of our business life, uh, maybe not your personal life so much, but how you shake a hands and... You know, as a young woman coming up as a lawyer, you know, so you need a good sh handshake. You know, we judged people by their handshakes. And I thought dropping that out of our business life, our social life, is a bigger thing than that doctor thinks. And a behavior that I suspect we don't go back to, but the people are going to struggle with a little bit. Just like huggers. Some people are huggers. And I don't know how much hugging I will be doing when I get out in the world anymore. I agree with you. And I, you know, I'm going to have to go to the books and see if I could find out how long ago handshaking became a thing uh, for Europe. I, you know, we don't have any sense. I don't, well, I don't know this. I was just saying, we don't have any sense that it goes into antiquities. Uh, instead, at least the tradition that we know about for Romans and so forth is to raise your hand in a uh, gesture, you know, that kind of, at least in the movies, you know, ballet uh, there and your hand is up. But I wonder when this handshaking began. And if it began at some point, I guess it could go away. But it's, is it a very American thing? Because, you know, I mean, you spent the summer in Europe. I've been in Europe a lot too. And there's not a lot of handshaking going no. on there. Now, I've never been in a business setting there, so no. I'll have there's, to say that. There's a lot of cheek kissing, though. A lot of cheek kissing. And I've known some people from Europe who've come here to work, and they're kind of huggers, too. Yeah, yeah. So, Listen, I, I'm sorry to interrupt on this, and I, I, I am going to change gears a bit. But you bring up Europe. Uh, your husband, uh, 
to some extent grew up in France. Uh, uh, there, his relatives are in France, and they are doctors, and they are on the front line. And I'm wondering, have you been talking to them? What do we hear from Paris? What are things like there? So it's interesting. Um, we talk to them every week. Um, Mo's brother is uh, very much in a frontline job. He's uh, treating the people before they go to ICU. So they're COVID positive, but they're not yet in an ICU. He was telling us last week that they are treating them with Trump's drug and they are having some success. And I don't know if you've read anything about um, that, what, that long name that yeah. God bless like the president. He's, hydrochloric he's mastered. Cream. Yeah. We, yes. He he's mastered it. And I give him a lot of credit oh. for that. But um, that, that France is where those trials are taking place and um, that the company that makes it is a French company as well. So um, they've had a lot of success with it, but they're also, you know, anybody with heart issues isn't in the, isn't using it. Uh, so, you know, that's, they're doing well. They have enough equipment, but he said it's exhausting. You know, these are 12 hour days with people who are very, very ill and he's been a little paranoid with us, like, well, don't go out, don't do this. And with his family as well, his kids. So um, I think Paris is, or France is starting to level off, like as is the rest of Europe. And the social distancing there is extreme. You know, you have to like download um, and print kind of a form off of the internet and you fill that out, and that's what you show the police if you're out and stopped. Wow. Something like that. That's amazing. So, you know, obviously we've not gotten to that, but it's an interesting point. And in, in I thought last night when uh, Dr. Burks was talking about the United States, people have done a great job, the people have done a great job. And I was really taken by that because that sense of people pulling together. Mm-hmm to stop the virus. And that's why I go back to your original question. People aren't going to listen to Trump. They're going to listen to data. And he doesn't talk data, right? He talks yeah. his feelings. I'll open the country when it feels good to me. Well, today he was asked what data will tell you it's time to do it. He took his finger. He pointed at his head. He said, right here. My, I don't know that he said my brain. That was the point that he ultimately, although he said, I will listen, I'll listen to the doctors, I'll listen to the economists, but it's my brain. I, listen, I have one last thing to ask you about. I don't quite know how to express this. We were told that this week that we're just finishing would be the most horrible week ever. I see the numbers of the deaths. I see that. But thank God it has not touched me. My life has gone on. About the same, not happy with it, but about the same. And I was thinking that this morning, and then I looked on the TV, and I saw bodies being buried in open. Did you see that? I did. I was so taken by that, and it, it really, for some reason, it's like the picture that got to me. And I think it was almost medieval, or 
you know, like this idea of plagues, we're just, we got to get rid of these bodies and we're putting them in open graves. And they're saying that families either don't have the resources, don't know someone has died. There's no one to claim these bodies. There's no funeral homes to take them to. And I think the, the gravity of it just, um, just became very real. I don't know why that one image did that. Okay. It, but it, really it had did. the exact same effect uh, mm -hmm. on me. And something, I don't know, none of us know, but my gut is we are sitting in Cleveland, we're sitting in Chicago, we see all these things going on, but it's coming, it's moving towards us. And we hear that for, further peaks will go on. And of course, we pray so much for the people in our family, the people that we love. Uh, we've been so fortunate so far, but it's also on this Good Friday, a real prayer and concern uh, for all the other communities of people we don't even don't even know. Yes, I, I, I you know, amen yeah, to I that. Yeah, I don't give you much place to go there. Mary, uh, as we come into uh, the Okay, weekend, before we leave, like... Before we leave, like all good publications, I have a correction. Okay. So yesterday I said something that was wrong, which of course bothered me so much, as you know me, because I don't like being wrong. So yes, Susan Rice was the UN ambassador from 2008 till 2013, when she became the national security advisor. And Samantha Powers took over the job in 2013 as UN ambassador after having served on the National Security Council. Okay. And the only thing I'm gonna say about that is, one, sorry that I was wrong and I was talking off the top of my head. And second, weren't those fabulous days? They were. Those two women and, in those and roles. Thank you for the correction. I will close with this. It is the actual literal truth that I have known Mary Jo her entire life because I'm her older brother. So I've known her since she was born. There must have been a time this. I just can't remember when it was. <laughs> Happy Easter for that. Happy Easter. Talk to you next week. All right. Bye.